Hello and welcome to this week's My News Wrap about SAP and Microsoft. This week we have uh, regular episodes and no focus topic. We will talk about SAP, Microsoft and all the things in between. Now, um, before I start with the um, technical topics, I have one um, more generic, more general topic um, that I would like to bring to your attention. As you certainly um, have seen, the, the Black Lives Matters movement did not stop somewhere in the, in the US streets, but um, if you took a look at all the um, developers, for example, on Twitter, the, the big developer ecosystem, you have seen that there was quite some impact of that movement also on well, the software industry. And that's good. And um, SAP also made a move in that area. And there was one blog by the CTO, Jürgen Müller, um, that was uh, co-authored by uh, Thomas Sauerasek on that topic. And um, well, this blog basically describes what SAP wants to do, how SAP wants to improve, especially when it comes to the um, usage of language. There is um, a link on, on that I also referenced on help.sap.com about uh, replacement terms. So if you use GitHub, for example, if you use uh, look into documentation, you have something like blacklist, whitelist, you have something like master slave and so on and so forth which has a connotation that is definitely not positive, especially when it comes to African-American employees, for example. And yeah, within this document, there's kind of a description how they want to get away from those um, terms. And yeah, I think it's, it's worth mentioning and I think it's really an important topic. Also, GitHub will um, react in that area. As you certainly know, there is the master branch, that's always the default branch. You can undo that, you can make another branch default, but that's not easy. If you have a really uh, a professional GitHub repo where you have a lot of pull requests around. So um, as far as I have seen, GitHub will come up with a, with a solution on that in October. Now there's one thing that makes me personally think a bit and um, that's summarized in this blog. So, um, that references the blog of uh, Jürgen Müller and says, if we take a look there, um, there are not that many interactions on the blog. There are it's only one comment that's a bit strange. So, and I also think that's indeed a bit strange. So yeah, read the blog, take a look at the comments. Um, I also personally don't think that uh, a Dilbert comic will help us there. Um, especially if you think about the background of the creator of Dilbert. Okay, so that was kind of a topic that I wanted to mention. Um, let's go back to technology. What happened in the last week, in the last two weeks, because last week I had kind of a focus topic on Microsoft. Um, so let's go. In September, at the end of September, um, the uh, integration roadmap 
was updated by SAP. Um, as you all know, uh, integration is a very, very big topic and a focus topic of um, SAP's board in order to bring all the solutions together and they regularly update this um, roadmap document. Um, if you take a look at it, it's a quite high level document, but um, I think there are two points that are worth mentioning. One is um, within the document, you find um, a timeline broken down to the quarters of the year um, when certain services will be available. And what's quite interesting from, from my perspective, because I'm not in the depth of each and every um, solution that SAP has, you also see um, the components, the solutions, the, the um, uh, stuff that SAP sells in the cloud on-premise um, and to which extent they contribute to these mega processes like lead to cash or hire to retire. And yeah, that's from my perspective quite interesting um, how SAP thinks, how uh, an end-to-end solution would look like if you would take into account purely um, SAP technology. So that's, I think, worth it. The rest, as I said, is more high level, not that much into technology. Then there is another block that um, is interesting by Carlos Rogan, um, because I think a lot of developers are kind of confused about the different offerings on SAP Cloud Platform concerning the runtimes, especially when it comes to serverless, because we have the extension runtime, we have a serverless runtime, we have a function as a service sometimes, and um, some stuff is in beta, some stuff is GA. How do these things come together? I mean, it's not the best sign that they have to write the block in order to uh, lift the confusion because they simply renamed the stuff much too often. But if you're confused in that area and do not know how to, to put things together and it's puzzling you, then this block um, really helps you out concerning what is the extension factory? What is the serverless runtime? Um, and, and how do these sub-cloud platform functions come into play that have been beta and never will make it to GA because they are already incorporated in the serverless runtime. So um, definitely worth to take a look at this block. Then um, let's switch to uh, the cloud application programming model um, part. Um, as I mentioned, I think two weeks before, um, Gregor Wolf and uh, Volker Butzek have put out some, some open source contribution that enables you to use Postgres um, SQL databases with the cloud application programming model. Um, however, at that point in time, as I mentioned, the restriction was that only, uh, I think, reads were possible. Now um, they put this project out and they also uh, put it into DevToberfest where uh, I think the hacking week starts this week or next week. Um, so this this build week where you can contribute to, to different um, stuff there. And already before starting the build week, um, somebody called Mike Zaschka uh, contributed to this project and now it's fully CRUD enabled. 
so now it's it's really getting interesting because now you have full CRUD support within uh, the cloud application programming model on PostgreSQL. And the coolest thing is, um, I think Gregor Wolf also um, linked that somewhere. It's really running on Azure. So you have, um, I think it's the beer shop, if I'm not wrong, um, a beer shop application and that's running on Azure. So it's really um, cool to see how, how things come together there. If you want to get some insight, if you want to hear um, the experiences Gregor has made with the cloud application programming model, and I think from the non-SAP area, he's definitely one who has a lot of hands-on experience in that era, area. Um, I would recommend to go to um, Subinsatrack Barcelona starting right now. I hope he's not the first person to have a talk, so don't leave now. Um, but um, perhaps afterwards you can check out his contributions to um, the SAP Cloud Application Programming Model. So that was kind of the introduction to the, let's say, real important stuff that came out last week. The real, real important stuff. And that's here in the tweet of Marco Don, Kima, Kima Runtime um, is available in SAP Cloud Platform Trial. So putting aside all the shortcomings of SAP Cloud Platform Trial, we now have Kima running in the trial and it works. Um, that's really cool. Here, if you if you have points to address, there is also a, um, a tag in the SAP community that you can use. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy because I think Kima is one of the, the best projects SAP brought out, um, even when you take a look at CUP. Um, I just want to uh, bring your attention to two points that, that might hinder you in starting with the Kima project on trial. One is already addressed here by Marius Obert. Um, so what, what do you have to do? If you are within your trial and within your sub-account, you find here um, the, the Cloud Foundry environment within your um, sub-account. And you have now a section about the Kima environment and you can enable that Kima environment. This will spin up the Kubernetes cluster. And um, after that, you get a link to a dashboard. Now, maybe if you click to the link on the dashboard, you will suddenly run into an error. Why? Because you have to create a role collection. Oh, great, connection's lost. Uh, that's how I like it. Uh, so you have to create a role collection and you have to assign that role collection containing basically at least the um, administrator um, role with your um, trust configuration to your user. And if you have done so, um, then you get access to this thing that you see here. Um, that's the, the Kima um, dashboard within the uh, default namespace. This is where probably you will do most of the stuff. Now, if you want to deploy things there, um, you do that usually, usually uh, via um, command line. Uh, we are the kubectl or kubectl um, CLI. And in order to connect to Kima, you have to find out the uh, configuration. And this configuration is hidden here in your, on the, on the right upper corner, 
where you have your, your icon, your, your person icon, your me icon, and there is a link to get the cube config. That's not really obvious from my perspective. Um, why is that? They, they had this cube config link here on the, on the left-hand side in the sandwich menu uh, or in the, in the navigation menu, but there have been problems with um, downloading it on Chrome-based um, browsers. That's why they put it here. Um, what's also something that you have to keep in mind, at least that's what, what happens to me, um, within the config, there is a token and the token gets exchanged every 24 hours. So um, if you stop working on one day and start up on the other day, uh, you have to exchange the token from the config, but yeah, that's how it is. Um, now, after uh, SAP has launched all that, there is um, another blog came out by Marco, and that, that blog tells you how you can stay in touch with the Kima team. Because now you can try it out, and I think a lot of developers will try it out because it's a, a fascinating um, ecosystem that Kima uses. And uh, this blog kind of summarizes what you can do and how you can get in touch with the Kima team. Um, it's purely open source, so uh, you can also go to GitHub, open issues and so on. And there is one thing that is not mentioned here. There is also a Slack channel for Kima where all the developers of Kima and all the contributors are in there. So you can also get uh, help there. Having said that, the, the Slack channel is basically on the Kima open source project. Um, if you want to give feedback about the managed runtime on SAP Cloud Platform, that's now, as I said, also available in trial, you have to go over the, um, let's say, SAP channels. Nevertheless, the, the Kima folks that uh, I have seen, they are super helpful, super supporting, so they will also help you with the um, SAP Cloud Platform runtime. And there is also one use case, uh, a blog about a use case um, that kind of shows you what you can do with Kima if you have not yet um, had any experiences with Kima, perhaps heard the, tame, the, the, the term Kima, but um, never really came, uh, came across or got your hands dirty on that. So um, <clears throat> this blog by um, Gaurav Abi, I hope I pronounced it right, um, gives you a bit of insight how you can extend, for example, SAP Marketing Cloud um, with the Kima runtime on SAP Cloud Platform. So that's a um, nice overview, gives you an idea what's possible and how it should work. Um, with the trial, there's still one limitation that will be um, removed uh, soon. It's the connection to, to other systems. That's not possible yet, but um, for playing around, it's already quite useful. Um, I think one of the coolest announcements in the last two weeks. Kima is available on trial. Now uh, let's go to another runtime that I think is um, quite much liked on SAP Cloud Platform, namely the um, ABAP runtime Steampunk. Um, if you have not yet had the chance to inform yourself about the ABAP environment, there is one really nice overview article by Carl Kessler himself, so vice president of the product management of the YEP, uh, ABAP platform, that summarizes um, the ABAP environment 
And it's really an extensive article. It, it guides you through through the artifacts, uh, service consumption model, service definition, service binding, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, really, really nice overview blog. Um, so if you want to dive into that topic, that's a really great point to start. Um, there is one thing that um, came out at the end of September within Steampunk, and that's the um, uh, XCO Library Cloud Platform Edition, um, which basically means that you can now, I don't know if that was already possible some time ago, so I came across it with that blog uh, post that I referenced. Um, you can now create uh, ABAP artifacts via a library. So you can generate code that's something that the RUP generator of Andre Fischer uses. And this blog gives you a little bit of insight um, how things work, how you can do that concerning um, um, data dictionary objects and so on and so forth. Um, for me, as a still fan of BRF+, this means that in principle, SAP might be capable of transferring BRF plus that has a, a lot of generative part within it um, might be possibly transferred to SAP Cloud Platform and we do not have to use the sub cloud for platform business rule service that I do not really like. So um, that's I think really cool if, if you do a lot of generation stuff and from my experience, it's one of the, the strengths of ABAP that you can uh, generate stuff. So that's quite cool. And then um, I came across another contribution um, by, I don't know, by chance, um, of Søren Schlegel, who has a GitHub repository about ABAP live coding, a quite extensive repository exactly about the rest the upper breastful programming model, ROP. Um, yeah, with a lot of descriptions and, and a lot of code. As you can see, it's purely ABAP. Um, so I think that's quite quite interesting. He contributes there quite regularly. So also worth taking a look at, I would say. Now, before I switch over to the Microsoft part of the house, there are some announcements yeah, that I want to bring your attention because maybe you are in touch with that. Um, there is one interview with uh, Jürgen Müller on the E3, E3 uh, magazine. And there is one interesting section here uh, that basically declares um, SAP Leonardo, maybe you have heard about that brand that SAP launched all around IoT, blockchain and machine learning. Uh, they have withdrawn it and that also was quite silently, a uh, silent move. Um, they launched it 2017 and not fully three years later, it's already gone. So interesting from my perspective, interesting. And there is another format that I want to draw your attention to if you are mainly interested in um, news about um, SAP development uh, curated by the, I think it's the SAP development advocates. 
Um, then there is a, a playlist that gets regular updates um, called SAP Developer News. I'll link the playlist within the show notes. So um, yeah, take a look at that one. The pilot show, I have to say, has exactly the, the same um, agenda that I had two weeks ago. I think just one deviation. So I hope they do not copy it. Um, no, but uh, clearly seeing that the other contributions are more about the the stuff that developer advocates have on their plate. So uh, I think absolutely worth watching. Now let's switch to the Microsoft part of the house. We heard now quite a lot about SAP. Um, and when I say Microsoft part of the house to my beloved Azure Functions, um, there is one block that I want to bring to your uh, attention and that's about uh, JSON Web Token Validator pining. Um, within Azure Functions, you have the, the option to bind um, things to your function so that the function environment catches things for you, does stuff for you, um, like dragging in some, some configuration when the function starts up that you can then use within your function code or writing to a database or something like that. And this block is absolutely great because um, this is a start of an of a open source project um, with a custom binding, so you can uh, enhance bindings within Azure Functions. And the intention of the binding is to do a JAT token validation. So the JSON Web Token, that is kind of an, an authentication standard um, that you have to deal with. And it's, it's a lot of tidy work to do it within the code and it's a lot of repetitive work. So I think it's a really cool idea to use the, the binding functionality um, of Azure Functions to do the JSON Web Token validation. So that's really great. So if you, if you work with, with um, Azure Functions, I would say take a look at that stuff. Then there is another um, uh, blog post that was um, written by Microsoft uh, that gives you some high-level introduction uh, why it is a really good idea to combine GraphQL and serverless if you think about uh, designing APIs. So it's not really um, a deeply technical thing, but it kind of brings the pieces together concerning uh, what's the, the advantage of serverless, what's the advantage of GraphQL, and how can they be combined in order to build um, APIs that, that basically scale infinitely. So quite nice read. Then um, maybe you have seen one tweet of me uh, where I use Kima and I deployed Azure Functions into Kima. So one uh, nice thing about Azure Functions is you can um, deploy them to, to Azure where it's the natural living area, but you can also package them in a container and deploy them wherever you want, on-prem to another cloud. And this block that I referenced here is how can you lift your Solus app to um, a Kubernetes cluster? There is one thing that you also have to take into account and that's KIDA, that's the horizontal autoscaler implementation um, that then um, especially supports Azure Functions. And if you're, if you're interested in the topic, yeah, read this block. And yeah, it's a quite lengthy block, um, but it's definitely worth reading if you are interested in that area. 
Okay, then um, if you are working with Azure Functions and um, on, a, on a professional base, there is one part of the documentation that I, I don't know, I overlooked it. It's not new, but it came across my Twitter timeline this week. Um, it's about uh, geo disaster recovery of Azure Functions. So how can you make them high available? Um, it's part of the standard documentation and that's really interesting how you can do that um, and uh, how Microsoft advises you to work if you have this requirement to um, enable geo disaster recovery for Azure Functions. So um, officially supported by Microsoft. I'm quite happy that I was not the only one that didn't know about that because even product management of Microsoft Azure Functions didn't know about that. So um, cool. Uh, then, uh, I think also two or three weeks ago, I brought your attention to um, Azure Friday, the Azure Friday series, where the CTO of Microsoft Azure um, um, was talking about um, Azure Container Instances as kind of the first step. If you do not want to, to dig into um, uh, Kubernetes at the, at the first step in your cloud journey, which I think is a, is a really good idea because Kubernetes is complicated. That's why they have Kima on, uh, on the SAP Cloud Platform, for example. And um, if you want to take a look behind the curtains, there is another Azure Friday um, episode uh, that digs a bit deeper into um, Azure Container Instances. Um, absolutely worth viewing from my perspective. It's not essential to know it if you uh, use ACI, but it's really interesting to see how things work behind the, uh, or, or under the hood. So yeah, I mean, it, it should rain at the weekend in Germany. So maybe that's nice 20 minutes to spend. Then, um, as I said, ACI, nice intro to um, Kubernetes. If you work with Kubernetes, you usually have some, definitely some pain on how to test your local development and hook up resources on Kubernetes. And there is one bridge now um, that is GA um, that's available for Visual Studio and Visual Studio Code that allows you to hook up your local development to um, resources that live in uh, uh, Kubernetes. So um, I think there is one sentence here. Yeah, it's here. Um, yeah, it's it's basically allows you to write, test and debug microservices on your development workstations while consuming dependencies and inheriting, inheriting existing configurations from a Kubernetes environment. This is kind of the, the basic pain points when you do a Kubernetes development. And if you do that, if you run into that, if you use Visual Studio or Visual Studio Code, this blog might be worth to take a look at. Okay, then uh, then we go to from the Microsoft universe to the um, bridge between SAP and Microsoft. Um, Holger Bruchelt was already quite busy today. He launched uh, today's episode already this morning. I reference an episode that was uh, the one of last week where they had uh, Martin Pankratz that I already mentioned within um, this My News Rep. 
I think in, in the very first week. And within this episode of um, Sub on Azure, he had kind of a guest appearance and he presented the integration of SAP Cloud Platform, Power Apps and SAP System uh, combined with the uh, business rule service, I think, on SAP Cloud Platform that we now know I am not the biggest fan of because I'm a BRF Plus fan, but that's a different story. Um, absolutely worth watching. So um, the link within GitHub, I have already the, the right uh, point in time on the uh, YouTube video to directly jump uh, to this um, noteworthy part of the session. Of course, the rest of the session is also important, but this is kind of the was the highlight for me. Then there was um, one blog by uh, um, an SAP employee, Divya Mary, um, who brought another integration scenario that I think is kind of a very, well, standard integration scenario. It's about uh, integrating SharePoint with the S4 system using um, SAP Cloud Platform, Open Connectors and Cloud Integration. Um, standard scenario, quite cool. Uh, it's a three-parted blog about how to, to do that, how to interact. Um, so if you come to that point in your developer life and have to do that, take a look at that blog. So then, um, that's it from the from the world in between SAP and Microsoft, bridging the gap between both worlds. I um, have three more points concerning um, education and conferences that come up. Uh, there is a news about SAP Tech Ed. Um, you can still, I think, not sign up for SAP Tech Ed, but um, you can get a uh, first glimpse on what type of sessions you can expect and um, how many sessions you can expect. And basically it's a, it's a 48 hour nonstop marathon about news. Um, so that basically makes me think it's all pre-recorded. Um, and you have different options what to watch. So there are more lecture-like um, sessions. There are more breakout sessions, Q&A sessions. I think they will be live. Um, so they have also limited capacity. And there are also hands-on workshops. So I was a bit surprised to see that. Um, I'm, I'm quite curious how SAP will handle that because that's, I think, really um, complicated thing to do if you are doing that fully remote. But um, let's see. So if you want to to get some first impression what's up in December at SAP TechEd, what you can expect, go to the SAP TechEd homepage. Then um, this month there was um, the, the serverless month for uh, Microsoft. So uh, during the whole month, every day, there was a new blog about um, serverless topics. And at the end of the month, kind of the, the highlight that was create serverless. And um, this was a, is a, is a four hour um, session with um, 20 minute uh, contributions on different topics. So um, I also referenced that I think I know what I will do this weekend, at least for four hours, because I will definitely watch that one. I did miss it on Wednesday evening, unfortunately. So if you also think that's worth watching, 
than for our binge watching of serverless. Um, and then there is another topic, um, another great uh, format by Scott Hanselman. Basically, if you are around the, the Microsoft area, you know Scott Hanselman because he's one of the best presenters, I think, that is out there. And he has a new, um, a quite new format that's called Computer Stuff They Didn't Teach You um, at School. And uh, he highlights several topics in a, in a very short, concise format. And the last one, or the, the, I think it was the last one, is about Kubernetes and Container Orchestration 101. If, if you have not yet got into touch with Kubernetes or in general orchestration of containers, take this half hour, watch it. It's simply a pleasure. So that's uh, really cool. It's also quite interesting if you want to uh, get into touch with the Kima, because at the end of the day, underneath Kima, the, the very, very basic layer is Kubernetes. So, um, yeah, watch it. From my perspective, everything that, that Scott Hanselman does is worth watching, but we have only limited time in our life. Now, um, that was it. That was nearly it before I close this session for the weekend. I want to give you some, well, light-hearted end. I want to highlight one blog that, uh, one blog, one tweet that came across my Twitter timeline um, that shows how much fun you can have with uh, the um, Windows terminal, how you can um, configure the Windows terminal. And this guy here configured it that it looks like uh, the, the alien uh, computer by the Wayland yutani Corporation. It's, it's worth looking at the, at least at the tweet that I referenced because that really made me smile how much um, folks are um, configuring their console. Okay, so that was it from my side. I hope you enjoyed the session. Um, let's see uh, any questions. Uh, remark, thanks for highlighting this. I had not heard about this. So um, anyway, great. I don't know when that came in. So um, happy if I can bring up some new stuff to your mind. Okay, then um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Ah, regarding Leonardo. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, it's. I will have another news next week. I didn't bring it in this week. It's. It seems that SAP is a specialist in getting important news in, in very small sentences in very different press announcements, but I little teaser for next week. So um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked watching it. I hope you like listening to it when it's available on Anchor FM. Um, have a nice Friday, have a nice weekend, and till next week, bye.